0: How's everyone doing? You're listening to A Fly the Herd. This is a show that focuses on faith, family, and wellness. This is your host, Marcus, and I'm glad that you have decided to join me on today. It is June 7th, 2021. June 7th, 2021, and I've got a special guest with me today. My better half.
1: Your baby mama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The mother of my children. Yes these the other half of black mom diaries
1: your bff
0: i don't know if i would call you my bff but because i don't i I don't use those terms but but i guess if i was going to use that you could fit that mold sure thanks you're welcome
1: okay (laughs) how are
0: you doing i'm
1: i'm great i'm amazing i'm glad to be here thank you for allowing me to invite myself into
0: You always invite yourself into my space, and you're always welcome, Miss Amazing, BFF of mine. Okay. All right. I'll take it. What's going on?
1: Nothing. Just, you know, it's the end of the school year, and it's been madness. There have been some great moments, but I am ready for the summertime.
0: Can we get some hallelujahs? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise, Thank all you. praise
0: to the Most High. Amen. For getting through this school year, because it has been something else. I tell you what. It's
1: been rough. I tell you what. It's been like rough, rough.
0: It's been rough, rough?
1: It's been rough, rough.
0: What's been so rough about it?
1: Um, I think for me, just the helicopter mom and me has been like, it's all on me. And I can't let my kids fail. And I have this uh, forty-hour job that I have to work, so I have to do the best at both of them. And rather than doing the best at both of them, I think a lot of times I did the worst at both. So I, I was I was bombing in both in both columns,
0: if you will. You felt like you are bombing in both columns.
1: I was bombing in both columns. Like, a big, Well, mostly the oldest, but you know, the youngest was giving me um, side-eye quite a bit. And uh, the other one was just like, I don't like you. So, yeah, I became very much mean mama
0: this year. Mean mama. We were joking about that earlier today, being mean mama, because our little one was upset about this doll that she would like from the store or something like that and not understanding that hey if you just hold on for a little bit your preschool graduation is here and it's coming soon and you might be able to get something but she threw a big old fit because she's five and that's what they do at that age and so
1: do they i feel like not all of them do that but yeah she was not understanding the concept of later. She was like, I want it now. And she said, I want it now. I don't want to wait. I want it right now. Because they're going to be gone.
0: She wants it right now, right now.
1: Right now, right now. They're going to be gone. Yes.
0: There are plenty of those things in stock.
1: In that store and other stores. I mean, if if that's gone, we'll take her to another store and she'll find something to occupy her desires and she'll be fine.
0: Right. You know, and today we're going to talk about um, knowing them by their fruit. So I know that my wife knows my daughter pretty well. and So if we were to purchase her this doll with the long hair, what would our child do based on the fruit that she possesses in her life? You guys should see the smile on her face as I ask this question.
1: She would cut it. She would cut the hair. <laughs> she would cut the hair. She would cut the hair off the doll. She would cut the doll's hair off.
0: She definitely would cut the hair off of the doll. And so you know, it's important to her to have that thing, but we know what's gonna happen because of the fruit that she has. Born? Baron? Uh, no, baron? Baron? No, barren means without fruit. Baron. Baron's like when you just don't have any. You don't hair. have any proof,
1: yeah. She's she's pulled doll heads off and stuffed the <laughs> heads with, with jewels and beads, and she's cut doll hair off, and God knows what has happened to the clothes for the dolls, and I just, I don't want to get her any more dolls. I told my mom and my sister, don't get her any more dolls, it's just not worth it <laughs> to me. <laughs>
0: And granted, she's enjoying them and doing her thing, but like I said, we know her by the fruit that she bears because she is our child. And we just know that if she gets a hold of a doll, it's gonna be destroyed. Or take for instance, I was across the kitchen, in the kitchen today, and she was sitting next to my bullet journal. <laughs> and I I left it open with the pen in it, and I could just see her and I was like, Leave it alone and she's like, but I'm just looking. And then I walk over to it like later on and there's like a nice little squiggly mark in there. At
1: least it was just a squiggly
0: mark. Right. And so So. I know my child because of the fruit that she bears. And so you know, we want to talk about knowing people by their fruit. And we're not just gonna make fun of our child. She's ours and we love her and she loves us. If we're blessed, she won't know.
1: I think that it's not making fun of her. I think that it's just explaining her character that we know very well. And it just happens to be a little funny to us. It is
0: a little funny. But because we know her, she would think that we were making fun of her. Mm -hmm. Because we know her well.
1: Right.
0: Right. So back to knowing them by the fruit that they bear. How many times have I said that?
1: You've said it quite... It probably five six times in the last three minutes
0: so it must be really important it
1: must be really important
0: and it's so important that it's actually written into the Bible
1: shall I read
0: where are you reading from
1: it's from Matthew chapter 7 and I will read verses 15 to 20 and this is in red so it must be really important because when it's in red that means that Yeshua was talking
0: it does mean that so
1: it's super important okay so Matthew 7 verse 15 starting at verse 15 beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing because but inwardly they are ravening wolves you shall know them by their fruit do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles even every good oh my goodness I am messing that up let me start again okay Matthew 7 verse 15 beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves ye shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down. I think it means knocked down or pulled down. And cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. That is from Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 20.
0: Okay, thank you for reading that. You're fo- you were supposed to say when you have it. Say I have it.
1: I'm sorry, I couldn't <laughs> even read it, so I didn't even really have it.
0: So. Well, no you got it. You got it, and you got through it. And so don't worry, y'all. We're not like going to be preaching and Bible studying <laughs> and all that. But there is a there is a point to all of this, right? And so that scripture is, is talking about recognizing someone. By their fruit for recognizing the thing by the substance that it produces right and so if, if i was a tracker and i was going out into the woods and i was searching or hunting for what would i be searching or hunting for
1: deer
0: Searching or hunting for deer, there's a certain way that the deer's deer, deer sorry, the deer, the deer, certain way that the tracks from a deer look like, right? So I would be looking for that because that is the fruit, so to speak, that is produced by those hooves when they make the imprint mm-hmm. in the ground. I also might be looking for deer droppings because they look a certain way, right? No, deer pellets or droppings are small, they're round, right, they have a, a distinct look. Now, if I was tracking a deer, and I'm just assuming I've never done this before, but just go with me. If I was tracking a deer, I've seen your droppings is enough in different places to know what it looks like now if I was tracking a deer and I came across another type of print or another dropping that was much larger than that was produced by deer then I would know that it wasn't a deer I may not exactly know what it is because I haven't had too many interactions with other types of animals that may be in the woods or what-have-you but I would know it's not a deer I mean, if I was looking around like I was the other day in my garden, or it's actually not the garden, in the front yard, and I was by the garden bed, and there was a, a scaly substance that was up against the house, I knew exactly what that was. What was it? it was snake skin. It was snake skin, right? And I've never seen a snake shed its skin, but. The fruit that that snake mm-hmm. bore looked exactly like mm-hmm. snake skin that I've seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Or uh, a snake that's in the cage. Right. A s-
0: sure that I've
1: seen a snake in a cage
0: that looks like that to me. Okay, and so my wife is saying what well, she's—you guys can hear. Why do I have to repeat what well, she just uh, said?
1: <laughs> but so
0: my point is, is that when we think about recognizing something. For what it is there are lots of ways that we can identify it and know for a fact what it is so if I see droppings of a deer I know exactly what, what exactly it looks like if I see sheddings from a snake because that's what they do and know exactly what it looks like and I can identify it if I know that my mother in law or sister in law purchases a doll for my child, or we decide to purchase this doll for my child. If there are scissors handy, which we do our good job of making sure that they're not handy, but sometimes she manages to do what she does and she's crafty. She is crafty. <laughs> right? She does what she does. And she is able to get a hold of them. Or maybe she's actually using them the way that she's supposed to use them and then she gets a little sneaky and then she ends up chopping the the hair off, right? And that's the fruit that she produces. Now, this this is an important conversation that we're having. Why? Because there's been a lot of things that have taken place in this country for quite some time that people have a hard time identifying it for what it is. Right, and so they'll say that it's not what it is and they'll try to placate or ignore or hopeful wishing.
1: Hopeful wishing?
0: from From their perspective what would you how would you say it
1: wishful thinking
0: wishful thinking hopeful wishes (laughs) whatever whatever but the point is is that when certain things happen and the fruit is right there in front of you and you took a bite of this fruit and it looks like an apple it smells like an apple it tastes like an apple it's an apple but you're going to try to tell me it's an orange. And I'm no fool (laughs) because I know what an orange tastes like and I know what an apple tastes like and I know what snake skin looks like when it's come off of a snake. I know what deer droppings look like. And so in this country, when certain things happen like racism, I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. I know what it tastes like. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like because I've experienced it. Right? And you've also experienced it, whether you look like me or not. So you will know them by the fruit that they bear. Right? And so when we experience things like racism and someone tells you this is what it is, and you're like, it's not that, even though the fruit that is being produced tells you that's what it is, then we've got a problem.
1: Do you think that it is that people say that it's not what it is because they don't really understand what it is? So if I've only ever had an orange and I taste an apple, would I really know what it is? I mean, I I guess with racism, if I've never experienced it, because, you know, we've met some people in our lives that are really great people, and then, you know, stuff happens, and they're like, that can't be. I remember one person in particular, they were just like, this is ridiculous. That stuff doesn't happen. And then we said, oh, but it does. And Marcus has experienced it. And she knew you very well. She had spent a lot of time with you, and she could not believe it. And so that kind of changed her perspective a little bit and was like, oh, well, it does happen. And I will say, so that person in particular that we used to work with years ago, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but then also somebody else that was really great that worked at the HBCU with me that was from a different country, but could identify as majority race. And they had the same reaction like that stuff doesn't happen and this person worked at HBCU, and they said that stuff does not happen and I said oh but it does still and my husband experienced this down the street from this university and they couldn't believe it same thing their perspective was changed and they were like oh wow it, it is happening and this is some I mean so in the one case, it was the person that lived in a very fancy area with her family and probably didn't have a whole lot of people of color in that area, wasn't really exposed, except for where we worked together. And then in the other case, it was this person that worked at an HBCU, but didn't have the same experiences as the, most of the people around her. And they they just couldn't see because they didn't experience it they couldn't see that it was still happening I mean they both knew oh yeah it happened back in the 60s and 50s but that you know Martin Luther King marched and all these laws came through after that and there's integration and everything's great we have a black president <laughs> you know <laughs> right. but me actually sharing with them And I mean, you were with me with the first person, but sharing with them, these things did happen that helped to kind of open up their eyes a little bit.
0: Right. And I think that if someone is telling you that something is is taking place and they're experiencing it, then you should take it for face value for what it is whether you understand it or not. Particularly because we know in this country it's been going on for over 400 years and people are saying, hey, this is our experience. This is our lived experience. Then you've got to take it for what it is because the fruit is continuing to be produced. I think because a lot of people have bought into the the lie um, that was at the foundation of all this from the get-go right and so all men are created equal but that all men didn't mean everyone it only meant certain people and so yes that may have been the the goal at that time but it excluded some folks and now we're at a place where we're saying yes this is this is how it's supposed to be for everyone but there's still like this pushback maybe because like you said there's progress that's been that's taken place but we can't mistake progress for the destination yeah. and I think that's mm-hmm. what happens often, often is that people see progress and because we've been mm-hmm. so far removed from certain things that took mm-hmm. place like lynchings mm-hmm. aren't happening and things like that right
1: well they're not happening Right. And they're not as acceptable or they're not acceptable now to the majority. Right.
0: And maybe they look a little bit different than how it would have taken place back then. Or maybe people still aren't on plantations and working and things like that. But hey, then we've got prison systems. Right. So we know them by the fruit that they bear. So I'm not saying that our country is a racist country. I'm just saying that we have some things that happen that look a lot like racism because it's institutionalized or it's systematic systemic, right? That needs to be taken care of and needs to be fixed. Now, where's all this coming from? A father hurt. I'm glad that you asked.
1: I'm
0: glad that you asked. And it's not that I've experienced anything in particular lately, but my wife and I, we've had a lot of conversations about certain things, and I've had lots of conversations with other people about certain things, in particular when it comes to the church, right? And the mainstream church and its response or lack of response to things that have been taking place in this country for ever as my wife said right and then people are wondering why there's a outflow
1: mass exodus mass
0: exodus of black folks from the mainstream church Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's not because black folks are leaving because they no longer believe well maybe a few are some of
1: them Right. Some of them are like, I don't want the white Jesus. I've seen it, I've heard it.
0: And so, I think there's an exodus for a reason. And so, in Matthew it tells us that we'll know them by the fruit that they bear. And so when I think of the fruit that was produced by Jesus, Yeshua, Yeshua, prophets but particularly Jesus is that he was someone that was moved by compassion with love and kindness have I drawn thee when the woman touched him when she touched the hem of his garment the power left his body went into her And she was whole, she was healed. Why? Because of his compassion. And because of her faith. So there have been things that have have taken place for quite some time in the mainstream church. And when we think about the fruit, what does the fruit tell you about the mainstream church? and what's happening with it. And granted, there may be small pockets of people here and there that have a desire for change. Because we know some great people that that are about reconciliation and things of that nature, right? But when we think about the overarching body and those that are in charge, on top levels of organizations, institutionalism, systematic systemic right then we need to look at the fruit because if we don't look at the fruit then it may be hard to understand why things are not shifting does that make sense?
1: why things are not shifting or why things are shifting? there is a shift
0: but what's the shift as you see
1: it? well I mean it's what we've been talking about people have um, there's been a, an exit and large parts from the mainstream church for um, black people or even say some brown people um, I don't even I mean I don't know that I don't know the proper term um, say people of color uh bi or whatever but and we've had these conversations with a lot of our black and brown friends and it's like i think there was a time when i felt like i was all alone or we were all alone in this and we weren't i mean we were having this conversation with all these different people and it wasn't just at this one particular church it was at different churches you know And people were just feeling like you know we talked to our leadership and we didn't talk to our leadership well you did you had conversations with people in leadership and you expressed your concerns and whatnot um and Clearly, there was not anything to be done for one reason or another. Like, you had conversations more than one with leadership and nothing changed, Um, but other people that we talked to had conversations with leadership and same thing, nothing changed. And it always seemed like people wanted black faces to be up front. You know singing in the not the choir the the band or whatever um you know in leadership and that's not always true the whole leadership thing that's not always the case but in some cases they're you know they bring in the, the different color leadership and the people to sing but is that really addressing the issue
0: okay we're going to take a pause right here a little break and we'll be right back Can you say what?
1: Can I say hi?
0: Why do you want to say hi?
1: Because...
0: Because what?
1: I just like saying
0: hi. You just like saying hi?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. And can I say one more word after that?
0: What are you trying to say? Um... Whatcha Nada. Right, welcome back from that baby girl break Because I felt like it was getting a little bit tense And so just wanted to have a moment Just to let some of that simmer Let some of that simmer
1: I just want to say I love her I love
0: her voice It's so cute Her voice is cute <laughs> Fruit and all Yeah. You no, know, but As we were Left for the break you know, you were saying some things, and so it's important for us to to really think about how we're interacting with people, because our fruit says says a lot, and so there may be individuals, like I said, that are doing things because they truly desire change, but when we think about this overarching system of ours that we're all involved with in some, on some level impacted by on some level something's got to change something has to change what you're thinking right now
1: It's true, something mm-hmm. does need to change and um, I know you said that you're tired of having these conversations with people and I haven't had as many conversations with people as you have but I definitely don't, I mean it's, it's something that needs to be had and I think that um, it starts with conversations but it needs to move past conversations and it needs to move to action happening. And it needs to move to action happening that um, can cause some discomfort. Um, but I think eventually once that, I mean, because I think that, and I wasn't alive then, but I believe that it's possible that when things were shifting in the 50s and the 60s, that people were uncomfortable with it. and there were giants that had to stand up and take a stand, you know, and say, I did it this way for so long, but I'm not going to do it this way anymore because it just doesn't feel right. And they took a stand and it made an impact, um, negatively for probably their reputation um, or their you know their relationships but it also made a positive impact because it it gave other people that maybe were too afraid to say something the confidence to speak up and it also opened a lot of doors and and you know, started helping with transitions, if that makes sense.
0: That does make sense. So
1: I think conversations are really super important. I think they need to be had as uncomfortable as they are, but it needs to move past the conversations and people that have, are in the position, of power that feel like this needs to change, they need to, they need to make some stands that are not comfortable.
0: You know, I'm thinking about last year when we, when we were part of the pray test and a friend of ours said something about idols needing to be torn down in the Capitol. And when I think about, you know, the institutions and particularly like, and we're speaking about like the mainstream church today and, their, and the mainstream church's response to what's been going on. You're going to have to tear down some idols. Yeah. You're going to have to tear down some idols. And my wife said that it may be uncomfortable, but Jesus didn't call us to be comfortable. Not at all.
1: And I think also, you know, when, when we talk about that, I think, you know, what comes to mind is
0: you said it not me i was thinking it
1: we were both thinking it i was
0: thinking it because there's a there's a lot of money to be lost
1: right and that's uncomfortable and it probably makes people feel uncomfortable i was trying to think of another word you know unsupported and you know what's gonna happen like there's all this unknown. And is the church gonna close down if we continue this? Because the tithe was maybe we were getting, bringing in like 70, $80,000 a week. And then you take a stand and you say something that is not popular to a lot of your members. And so a lot of people walk away. They say, they threaten you and say, if you don't stop this, then we're leaving. But I just wonder, you know, If you do say that, I mean, well, if Jesus is standing right in front of you for these people that don't make that stand because of the tithe, what will you do? If Jesus tells you, you need to do this. I mean, because I know for me, I have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and I've been (laughs) given instructions and they are not always easy. But I know one thing. I would rather be obedient to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and not be comfortable than be disobedient and be totally comfortable.
0: True. Mic drop.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you, you said it, not me.
1: I mean, I just think that if if you know you feel led to do this, and God is giving you that leading and that instruction that you need to do this and you need to do it this way and your fear is losing money, what are you gonna do? And when you get to the end of your life, we're all gonna have to stand before God. And we've all sinned. We've all. The Bible says we've all fallen short so, know, Jesus has, he's the only one that could take away all of our sins, but wouldn't you rather stand before God at the end of your life, knowing that you were obedient and uncomfortable for a moment, like you had this opportunity and imagine, I just think that with, with obedience to God comes so much blessing
0: and it's a sacrifice. But the thing is is like we know that the church will get uncomfortable about a lot of things. There are different issues that the church will make a stand on, but when it comes to the fruit of racism, the nasty, horrible, petulant, is that the word? <laughs> disgusting fruit of racism. that is that permeates everything in this country it touches everything it impacts everything on some level this is the one thing that they're not willing to get uncomfortable about just a a insignificant significantly insignificant amount of people does that make sense? right Not enough to make a dent not enough to make a dent right so there there are a small few that want to say something want to do something want to see change but you've got this system again
1: that's threatening them or just is working against them
0: working against it right for whatever reason but you know them by the fruit that they bear like that's what this that's what the scripture tells us. People probably wonder why we're talking like this, but I mean it, it is what it is, you know, and I think text also talks about how I don't wanna I'm paraphrasing, but when we think about darkness being driven out by what? Light. Like, love covers a multitude of sins and so this is coming from a place of love because you have brothers and sisters that are hurting
1: yeah I mean I can think of times just examples of being in grade school and being around someone that I knew to be a Christian Uh, you know that was just you knew this person and her name was synonymous with a Christian. She was one of those Christian students, and I remember hearing her make a comment. It was a, a bad storm happening, and uh, we were all in an after-school practice, and she said to another student, um, you know, well, it's on the east side. That's where all blacks live, and she kind of chuckled. And I don't think she heard me. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think she knew that I heard her, but I was standing close enough to hear her. And I guess she thought she said it quiet enough or maybe she didn't care. And this was a Christian, you know, I mean, I, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. And I mean, there've been other things that I've experienced, other things that I've seen where it's broken my heart. Um, from, and, you know, it's on social media, and social media is always just far worse, but just seeing people that call themselves Christ followers, seeing the things that they say is heartbreaking to me, and I just, it makes me, I, I have to remind myself that it's not, to not put my eyes on them and the things that they say and the things that they do, but to focus My eyes on the Messiah. Because if I don't, there have been so many times when I have just been like, I don't want anything to do with this if those are the people that I'm going to heaven with. And that is, to me, a massive statement that I would be willing to give up my eternity in heaven because of people like that, knowing that I would have to spend eternity with people that have so much hate in their heart. That they think that they are Christ followers,
0: and then wonder why those, there are, there are those outside the faith that want nothing to do with with the faith.
1: It's the fruit. It's the fruit. That fruit.
0: You know and. The Bible talks a lot about like fruit and food and things of that nature like it says that you can't put new wine inside of old skin right it talks about how a little bit of leaven ruins the whole entire thing And so yeah the church is definitely doing some amazing things that happens all across the globe but when we think about the impact of the negativity of some of the fruit it overshadows a lot of that it overshadows a lot of that and it calls into question well who's planting the seed that's producing the bitter fruit and what is that all about? And those of us that produce good seed and plant good seed to, to bear good fruit have to hold the other farmers accountable. We just have to. I'm a parent and my children can do certain things it is my responsibility as their parent to hold them accountable to the things that I believe that are important to us in this family love, respect safety having fun following the instructions and when they fall out of line I have to hold them accountable Because they're my responsibility and I'm a good steward of what's been given to me because if not I'll be held accountable for how I didn't handle my responsibility to my children so it's time to start holding people accountable it's time to hold ourselves accountable time to not shy away from tearing down idols. Because we weren't called to play it safe. we were not called to be comfortable. We were not called to be comfortable. And there are lots of churches that preach about comfort idols and things of that nature, but when it comes to being uncomfortable about certain things, super comfortable. (laughs)
1: Like lazy boy legs
0: uh, it's time to get uncomfortable. Because we'll be known by the fruit that they bear. And that we bear. And this was pretty uncomfortable saying some of this because these are conversations that I have with my wife and I have with other people that look like me quite often. And so... Think about the message that you just heard hopefully you heard the love in there it's not to persecute the church or anything like that and it's not about that at all but it is hopefully we'll turn the fire up a little bit Because lots of other people are doing the work to to fix this country and heal this country. But are they the ones that's supposed to be doing it or should they be doing it by themselves? Because then we start picking at them for the way that they're doing it. And their methods, CRT and things of that nature, right? That's the wrong conversation to be having, folks. We've got to start asking the right questions. We've got to start uprooting our soil. Taking the rocks out, taking the weeds out, getting the ants out. Lord, we are battling with ants right now in my garden
1: garden. Just the garden?
0: Getting the ants out. Like, you have to prepare the soil in order for it to produce good fruit. And think about, like, I'm thinking about good fruit that I've had. Like, have you ever had a mango? Like, a nice, fresh mango, and like you, like, bite into that bad boy, and the juice is just running down your arms? right it's all over your face that's good fruit like we need more fruit like that
1: right that makes you want to eat more and not want to just throw the whole thing away after taking a bite right and spit the bite out
0: because other people will want that fruit you, but you might not want to share but other people will want that sort of fruit Like I've had other fruit, and it's like, what's going on with this? (laughs) I'm like that. That's nasty. Nah, I ain't taking that. I don't want no more of that. Don't buy that again, right? And I feel like right now we've got a lot of fruit that is bitter because we need to take care of the soil, and we've got to take care of the seed, and it starts with getting our connection right and truly making a a strong connection to our Creator, most high. And allowing for him to root out the evil that still is inside of our hearts.
1: And it's not even about an apology, you know, for something your great great grandfather maybe did if you Or may him. not have done. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean it's if and if you know have a conversation with God and you have a conviction to not only repent to him but to repent to a friend or somebody that you know by all means be obedient but don't just do it just because and don't just say I'm not gonna apologize I don't have anything to apologize about because it's not always about that it's about being loving being willing to get
0: uncomfortable love your neighbor as you love yourself and love God with all your heart mind and strength and bear good fruit bear good fruit I think that sums it up So you guys have been listening to a father heard and so i hope that this leaves you encouraged i hope that this produces some conviction but not condemnation because that doesn't come from the most high and we'll just leave you with that so you be easy you are loved We'll see you on the other side.